Welcome once again to the Arizona Craft Beer Review and Awards Channel. I am Matt Johnson, Director of Digital Content, alongside our kind of svelte-looking uh, Johan Warren. You've wow, been working you. out, man. Thank you. I'm glad I appreciate that. That's uh, not un completely unexpected. So we're uh, here. <laughs> you blindsided me with that. Thank I like you. to blindside Johan every now and then with a little uh, compliment. You know what? I think it is, it's the haircut. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's, that's what, what it is. is. Yeah. Not, that's all it is. Out. No. Well, uh, it's fine. Well, you got to work out. We're going to cut this we're out. We're going to drink some beers. <laughs> we're going to drink some beers today with uh, with Josh Johnson from Ranch Hand Brewing. And Josh. No relation. You're, no, no relation whatsoever. No relation. Um, we, you are the uh, director of brewery operations down there, at Ranch Hand. Yes, sir. All right. Well, welcome, welcome. If you need, uh, you know, some help selling your beer, always pay somebody a compliment, like I did with Johan. So yeah. that's free advice. You can have that all <laughs> yourself. Uh, Matt, how, Matt, how, Matt Johnson bringing out the uh, Dale Carnegie uh, "How to Win Friends and Influence People" uh, <laughs> strategies out here on this podcast. Very excited. So let's uh, <laughs> let, let's stop talking about ourselves for a minute. Even though uh, we we are throwing this great festival coming up in October, we'll That's talk right. about that. And Ranch Hand is going to be a part of it. So, Josh, tell us what what that means to you to be a part of a festival as as kind of a new brewery here in the state. And to, to get to meet people at festivals and what, what is that like for you? So, I mean, we've been to a few festivals in the past with Ranch House before we moved up to Eloy. Um, we've been to Great American Beer Fest before. So it's really nice for somebody in Arizona to be throwing something real similar. And hopefully we can get some people out of state at some point because we're going to make it so rad and big. So let's go. Yeah. No, definitely. I think that's that's one of the biggest things that we've been uh, talking about with the guild. Uh, who the guild is organizing the award portion of this. Uh, we're we're putting on the festival itself, and uh, that's kind of one of the part of the conversation has been to create this sort of uh, uh, spirit of friendly competition in order to kind of elevate Arizona beer as a whole. Um, and we're really excited to be a part of that. Uh, so. Super stoked that you guys are going to be there. Um, how long has Ranch Hand been open? So Ranch Hand itself, which is a new production facility up in Eloy, we've been brewing and selling beer since about March, April. Um, everything kind of started, though, down at Ranch House Brewery in Oracle, Arizona, in Saddlebrook Ranch. That was in an active adult community owned by Robeson. And they decided they want to put a brewery in one of their communities and service everybody there which was genius because if you think about it a lot of these retired folks that come out to arizona to spend the rest of their lives i mean they're from parts of the country that the craft beer community kind of grew from so i mean we've got a ton of people there from colorado oregon washington midwest you name it and for them to have a brewery in their backyard i mean they were pumped and i think that's why the brewery did so well there i mean we doubled capacity within like six months that's awesome. and then we're maxed out again and we're scrambling to try to do what we're doing now. And then COVID hit. Well, we started canning at that point. And then we're like, well, now we're maxed out again. What are we going to do? So that's when we were forced to build a facility up in Eloy. And um, we had a lot of questions on, well, is it Ranch House or is it Ranch Hand? Well, it started out as Ranch House. Um, that is owned by the Homeowners Association up there. Gotcha. And Robeson decided that you know, it was getting big and we wanted to be out from underneath that umbrella and take it and do have a standalone brewery and do what we're doing now. So now um, 
Ranch Hand is the one distributing it across the whole state and Ranch House just brews beer for the community in Saddlebrook Ranch, just to clarify that for everybody. That's very, awesome. A very cool story. I, I saw that yeah. anecdote on the website. I want to talk about that. Let's backtrack on as we crack open a beer here because you brought a ton of beer, ice cold and fresh off the line, right? Yeah, I mean, this this Pilsner that I'm passing out right now, we literally canned yesterday. So, I mean, I don't know that how much... in front of the microphone. Ooh. Ooh. You got to have sound effects when you're doing podcasts, right? <laughs> um, so this is the Breakaway Pilsner. And tell me a little bit about this 5% ABV. Um, the, the, it's got a cool little can label with uh, kind of a silhouetted cowboy doing his thing down on the ranch. Is that um, what most of your beers are kind of like as far as like your brand and how you want to you know try to label things? Is it mostly that, that sort of um, motif? Yeah, I mean, the whole point from the beginning was to have a brand and then build, I mean, build our beer brands around what the brewery is about. And um, I mean, we are in Southern Arizona and, you know, cowboy stuff's kind of a big thing down here. So mm-hmm. tell mm-hmm. me about... Um, while we try this, tell me about the uh, we mend fences one pint at a time. What 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 do you mean by that, and where did that come from? So that came from this is a genius. This was genius when it came out, and I'll never forget when it did. Um, it it came from the uh, vice president of food and beverage for Ropes and Communities, which is George Atwell. He's my boss, and you know it it's kind of a play on words, and it means more than one thing. So, I mean, drinking beer in a group like this has always been kind of a thing. And if you go to the bar and somebody's having a bad day and you're drinking a pint, you just made that guy's day better by, you know, hanging out and talking about things. So, and, uh, I mean, men and fences is kind of something that you do on a ranch. So now you got your two for one on that one. And so when, uh, you were mending fences at, when it was ranch house in Saddlebrook and for a lot of people might not know Oracle, kind of what like northeast of tucson kind of north of mount lemon right and you said it was a retirement community so it's essentially like you know you're 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 brewing beers for like grandma and grandpa right did they did they uh receive craft beer well down there they received it great down there i mean that that tagline wasn't around back then because it was still ranch house but like i said i mean these are people that came from parts of the country where you know the craft beer movement really started at and we had a lot of people that they weren't Coors Light, Michelob Ultra, Bud drinkers. I mean, they wanted a beer and that's what yeah. we provided them there. And it's something that that community is very proud of. Awesome. I mean, I mean, still to this day, I mean, there's, sure. there's residents in that community that literally the only reason they bought a house, might not be the only reason, but one of the biggest reasons they bought a house in that community was it had a brewery in it. Mm-hmm. It was the only one in the world at that time. And I think it still is the only one that's affiliated with any HOA. So are, are they cool. still brewing down there? <clears throat> yeah. So um, we got Evan Smith down there who took over for me and Connor and he's running the show brewing our five flagships. And then he's got free reign on what he wants to do within reason for demographic up there. And he's killing it. And the community seems to be receiving it well. I think it's really cool and a testament to um, the beer that you're brewing that it started as this, you know, hyper local, right? It's like only in this community. And then the demand got so high that you decided to share it with everyone else. And you said you opened Ranch Hand 
just earlier this year and you're already distributing statewide and people are drinking it. So congrats on that. Cause that's, that's a, that's a growth. It's a aggressive growth and it's only a testament to how good your beer is. I mean, I love this Pilsner yeah, and I'm not Pilsner. usually a Pilsner drinker. Is it, is it a German style? hundred percent. So yeah. uh, we strip our water all the way down to zero. Like a lot of people in the Valley, just because the water in Arizona is not the greatest. Yeah. And um, when you say that, what do you mean? So we run, I mean, well, at our brewery, we'll get into that water situation here in a little bit. We'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah, you guys uh, had a we'll unique water situation we learned about while yeah, we were um, yeah. learning to become beer judges. Well, we'll get to that in a we'll, second. We'll get but, to that. Yeah. But uh, so basically, we uh, we soften our water, uh, run it through carbon, and then it gets ran through an RO, and then it gets ran through UV after that. So our water, when it's coming out, is almost absolute zero. And this beer, uh, water profile on this beer is a mix between, I would say, like a like a Bohemian pill style and sure. maybe like a munich area water profile yeah so you kind of get that real light subtle easy. notes yeah. yeah really clean and crisp and and light yeah. and drink like crushable it's it's a it's a great beer good one to start with here thanks man good one to start with um and so when you say zero it's like zero impurities in the water is that kind of i mean we there's like there's, like a dummy like me explain <laughs> it you know so i mean there's i mean there's basically no minerals or any any content at all in okay. that water so when we come back in and we mash in that's when we add what we want to add back whether it be calcium chloride calcium sulfate magnesium any different kind of salts um to build that water profile that what we wanted. I mean, water is 98% of your ingredient. So you need to be spending time on that to be able to produce a, a quality product. And we, gotcha. we take a lot of pride in that at the brewery. I think that's, yeah, a, that's something that I think a lot of people overlook when it comes to brewing beer. Um, you know, especially if you're home brewing, a lot of times you start off just using the water out of the tap, right? Like, cause that you don't really think about, everything in the water being such a big part of what comes out in the in the beer at the end of the you know that that final product you know you think about the grains you think about the hops you think about you know everything else all yeah, the little ingredients you put you don't to be you really don't think highlight. about how important the water is when you're right it's 80 it's 98% of what you're drinking is water and if you start with hard water or wet weird water then you're gonna have a weird beer so i guess that's a good segue unless you yeah let's talk plans. about that now it's um so and we don't have story, to like go too too yeah, deep no, into it but explain the curious. story to people because when you first was it when you first came to market uh you discovered something really really bizarre in your water right what was going on well we noticed it we noticed it in a couple accounts i made some phone calls thank god um called and they're like hey man i've had your beer this is not what i would expect from you on flavor wise and i'm like what do you mean and they're like well take a glass of water and throw a bunch of pennies in your mouth and that's what your beer tastes like so i'm literally on the brew deck brewing and i just remember running to the walk-in and cracking open a ranch hand amber and my assistant brewer connor was there and i go we got to find some sort of glass or something to put this in because we need to try this and we need to try it right now. And when we tried it, sure enough, it tasted, I mean, it tasted just like he described it. If you were to take a beer and throw a bunch of pennies in your mouth. So we stopped everything at that point. Well, the interesting thing was that beer was about three to four weeks old at that point. 
And that beer did not taste like that a week prior or a week before that or during fermentation or even on the hot side, nothing. So um, doing some digging and talking to some pretty big names in the industry um, all around the country, we found out that that beer was actually <laughs> oxidizing with iron that was in the water. And it was taking that oxidation process and multiplying it by, I don't even know what, you know, integer. And it was terrible. And that beer should have been good for another two months. Yeah. So anyway, it was enough to throw off the flavor, even though it was the, the most minute whatever measurement. And right. it, was, it was enough to really, really significantly Im- impact oh, the yeah. beer. And it, it started on our, our multi-year you know, our maltier beers. So showed up in the amber first. And then our West Coast IPA is like a traditional OG West Coast IPA with a good malt backbone to hold up that that malt character. So then it showed up in there. And then it showed up in the blonde. And then it kind of showed up. There's not really any melanoidins in the in the hazy. And then it showed up in the pills yeah. last because there's not much in there either. So, but what was, like I said, what was weird is that beer was like a month old. So now we've got over a hundred barrels of product out on account. Wow. And now it's like, I'm the one that made it. And I mean, we had a small sales team at the time and I said, you know what, you guys can kind of give them the story, but I'm going to be the one to call every single one of these accounts and explain to them exactly what happened. I'll take the brunt of that. Um, but I mean, iron, it isn't something that you look for out in Arizona. That's something that you look for in the like Midwest, way out East. I mean, yeah. Those are, these are people I was talking to in like Virginia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, you know, way out there. And I talked to everybody in Arizona and they thought I was nuts. So this and, is something that no one here had ever experienced. No, nobody in Arizona, nobody in California. I mean, I was talking to Mitch Steele, who was with Stone. And he's like, I've never heard of that. So he starts making phone calls and he talks to somebody on the East Coast. And it's like, the, I literally just got off the phone. It was like I said in the last podcast with the Guild, I just got off the phone with a, a brewer in Gettysburg at Fourscore Brewing Company. And he goes, oh, yeah, we deal with that all the time. It's no big deal. You just get this filter and it's over with. And I'm freaking out. <laughs> in I've in got... steel country, obviously, is where. Yeah. Where... yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Um... So is it the is it the well, the water that specifically coming out of the well that you guys are using? I mean, that it's... area. I mean, the wells in that area must. I mean, they're pulling from some sort of aquifer that's. I mean, it's probably got a vein running through it that's got some iron in it. That's wild. And yeah. I remember um, because we 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 used and this was your your suggestion uh, or I guess your involvement in the uh, judge training process for the awards with the guild. We used one of the uh, pilsners um, that was part of this batch, and you know we all tasted it, and I remember. Just thinking like, you know, there's a there's a high content, high iron content in in this kind of morbid, but in blood. And I remember the 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 aroma being sort of like this, you know, the only time I've ever experienced that was at a, a relative's cabin in Montana that's pulling straight from a well and their bathroom smells like that because all their water just has a ton of iron right, in it. Right. And I just, it, so tell us a little bit about what your response was like after you called all the accounts and it was time to like, you know, clean it all up. What, what did you do? And, and how did so, it go? I mean, it was, those were a tail in between the legs phone calls. These were not fun phone calls that I had to make. 
And granted, at that time, we were still at a bunch of accounts that we'd been with that were, you know, actively distributing from from Ranch House too. So I had a pretty good relationship with everybody. And um, even the accounts that I'd never met or maybe even never talked to because these were new accounts that sales reps met, um, everybody was super receptive. I mean, especially when we're like, hey, like, this is what happened. It's not going to hurt anybody. It just tastes terrible. And what we're going to do is we're going to credit you guys for that. And we will make sure that we get you beer that is up to quality standards when we get this fixed. I was working 14, 16. I slept in the brewery two days during that time Whoa. to get it fixed. And I was brewing five days later. I slept mm-hmm. on the floor in my office um, twice. Dude, the passion, bro. Like the passion yeah. for your craft to do that. Like that's amazing. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's, like a, that's like your baby, right? I mean. Well, yeah. I mean, when you push out that, I mean, you come right out of the gate with, I mean, and I mean, we had a bunch of momentum behind us. We come out of the gate and it's just like crash and burn. Like yeah. it was, that was probably the worst feeling I've ever had yeah. in my life. But your response, but, your response, I think was, it couldn't have been better. I think in terms of uh, getting out in front of it, calling everybody, you know, saying, hey, this happened, we're going to fix it and we'll we'll make it right. There, there's there's no better way, I think, to handle that. And so I think I think that's a testament to you uh, as a as a as as a craftsperson, right, because this is a craft that you do that. I think that's that's you couldn't have handled it better than that. So con- congratulations, because now we're drinking this and this is delightful. Yeah. So we cracked the amber. Um, it is five four ranchian amber ale. Cool. Uh, we call it. Just got. I guess a a ranch father there looking over his crop and looking over his uh, wheat field. Yep. So uh, you guys are down in Eloy for for folks that don't know. Maybe I mean I I know it as like the skydiving place, right? Yeah. What What else? What how, Why would you describe Eloy to someone who's never been there? So I mean they've got they've got the largest skydiver resort in the world down there, which is awesome. I mean we were just there over the weekend, and that place is a blast. Skydive Arizona. Yeah, Skydive Arizona. They kill it, man. Uh, they carry a bunch of our beer there. I think they've got four brands. Um, you know what's crazy is, I mean, I live in Tucson. I didn't really know anything about Eloy until we started building a brewery up there. And I mean, Lucid Motors is about a mile away. Yeah. And those guys are growing crazy right now. And I think they've got <laughs> like three or four more plant, like full blown plants they're getting ready to build yeah. up there. And then Nicola Motors is the other way down towards Coolidge. So, I mean, there's supposed to be, I mean, there's not, I think Andrew Bowman from the Guild said he looked it up and it was like 57,000 people that live in Casa Grande. I mean, that's nothing compared to Tucson or Phoenix, but um, in talks with some of the people around there, there's supposed to be like 12,000 people moving there in the next like one to three years out yeah. in the middle of Casa Grande, which is cool. So, I mean, we've all known it. Like if you're from Arizona, you knew it like some point. Tucson and Phoenix are going to grow together, and that's just yeah. the middle ground. So Eloy so, might be the center of that, right? I mean, we're yeah. dead center. Yeah. So, I mean, it's what's from, uh, what's craft beer like down in Eloy? Besides you, is there any anything good? No, that's it. I that's mean, it. we're the only. I mean, <laughs> we we have the only two breweries in Pinal County. Yeah. So that okay. I know of. So, 
Um, yeah, there's nothing. Obviously, down in Tucson, you, there's tons of craft beer down there. Borderlands to Pueblo Vita, and you can go down further south with Tucson, uh, Tombstone and all that. So Tucson's um, got the highest per capita of breweries. So you live down uh, in, in Tucson. Is there a favorite brewery down there that you like to go to? Um, I mean, Dragoon's killed it for for forever down there. Sure. I mean, I'm, I love those guys. Tristan and Eric are great guys down there. Um, I'm really good friends with, you know, Todd Button down at Button Brew House. Mm. Their uh, Schwartz beer is oh, yeah. so I, good. I think that might be the seventh or eighth time Johan's brought up Button Brew House of Schwartz beer on, that, on these podcasts. Just, like, We've nobody, only done like 26 of these. So. Nobody does the Schwartz beer. Like, that's like, it's like such a... Is this a challenge? It, it's a, it's a challenge. <laughs> All right, I want to see a Schwartz beer from yeah. Ranch and soon. So let's do one. Right. But I, I I worked at a tap room years ago, and uh, we had Buttons Schwartz beer on tap, and it was my favorite thing when somebody would come in and they'd say, "I usually drink, you know, Budweiser. What do you suggest?" And I would tell them like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you a sample of something, and it's gonna look weird. It's gonna look not like anything you ever drink before." But like, just try it. And so they'd be like, okay. So I'd bring them this black lager, this Schwartz beer. And they'd kind of look at me all, you know, skeptical. And then they'd take a sip of it and they'd be like, that's so good. I'm like, it's never, the color of the beer is important, but it doesn't tell you anything about the flavor. Like there are good, sweet, delicious, whatever dark beers there's mm-hmm. there's there's you know more bitter dark beers there's there's good like sweeter fruitier light beers there's bitter light beers like the the color doesn't tell you very much and these are people that always assume that the color told them everything they needed to know yeah. about it so yeah. the schwartz beer just was like a fun experience experiment for people to like get them to broaden their horizons a little bit yeah, so like like I said, um, you know, let's let's talk about Todd for a second. So I don't know if uh, you guys know, but we ended up brewing uh, a benefit beer for him down okay. in Tucson with a bunch of us. And then I know uh, Marshall Norris over at Simple, Simple Machine. Machine. Yeah, yeah. He did his. I think his was uh, the toughest button. The button, I think, is what he called oh, it, yeah, which was that, right. a white stripe slide. Yeah, right? yeah. So uh, Todd and I were on a on a motorcycle ride up on Mount Lemon, and there was some pretty uh, shoddy road work that was done on the way down. And I mean, I've been on two wheels since I was four years old. I raced motocross for a long time. And I remember seeing it on the way up. And when we got to the top, I told Todd, I said, Hey man, I'm going to throw my hand up when we get down to this one section. And I don't care where you think you need to go. Like you need to follow me through that. I mean, there was, it was a bunch of cold patch they had in the road. They didn't sweep anything. It was all loose rocks. It was ridiculous. Oh. It was ridiculous. And we're coming down. And uh, I come up to that point. I throw my hand up. And I just remember straight lining across it. So I stayed on two wheels. I got, and then there was like three blind corners. Well, I get to the second blind corner. And I just happen to take a peek in my mirror. And there's nothing there. Well, the next corner down is another blind 180 degree corner at the very bottom, which is the first turn. And I just remember getting down to the bottom and turning around and I was just banging gears. At that point, I didn't even know how fast I was going. And uh, their head their head bartender was behind Todd and he was coming down. And I just remember passing him like he wasn't even moving. And I got back up to the top and Todd was laying in the middle of the road. So um, we ended up getting him off the mountain and into the hospital. And 
uh, we brewed we brewed a beer called Easy Rider, which we did a hoppy lager collab with everybody. And we're selling kegs for basically nothing to accounts and all of the proceeds from the draft sales of that will go back to the Button family to help cover medical bills for him. Uh, oh punctured gosh. both of his lungs, broke some ribs, broke his broke his shoulder blade, so messed him up pretty bad. And that's a that's a real good friend of mine and somebody Holy that I crap. hold dearly to, in my heart in the in the beer world and in the in the personal world as well. So, Kidding. yeah. So, so if you guys see how the long easy ago rider, was that? Ah, yeah. uh, let's see. That beer was I'd say about a month and a half, maybe. I mean, month and a half. Two months ish. So if you guys see Easy Rider on tap up in up in Phoenix, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, if, no, we'll definitely we'll put could, we'll put the word out for the Easy Rider Hoppy Logger. Uh, yeah, from Ranchan Ranchan. Yeah, so it's a it was uh, me Co-lab. so Ranchan, uh, nineteen twelve Harbottle Brewing Company, Coppermine Brewing Company, and Dragoon Brewing Company. Wow. Okay. okay. And have you been down to Mount Lemon? Have you? taking that drive up there uh i i have i know i know a lot of people who cycle on there yeah very popular that's also especially on the downhill like that's that's a that's a hazard for everybody not just the motorcyclists but the the cyclists too so have they you know if they've cleaned it up since then i mean i knowing those guys probably not but it was it was literally some of like the shoddiest work i've ever oh seen oh my done gosh right. and it was not it was not okay and i don't i don't know how more people didn't go down that day to be honest with you whether they were on a bicycle or a motorcycle yeah but i mean it was so that was only a couple months ago yeah yep he's in recovery he's wow. doing well okay um he's that back, was my I mean, next he's back question to brewery so wow great that's that's wild i mean i've i've seen some nasty cycling accidents but you're going so much faster on a motorcycle that's super scary i'm well, glad he's okay i mean we were only doing i mean i think the speed limit on that road's like 35 yeah and i slowed down i think we were only running like 20 yeah maybe like 22 25 or slower through that section because i mean it, it, you might as well have been riding on marbles it was bad that's wild man i'm glad he's okay we'll definitely put the word out you know, on social and stuff, see if we can, we can do, maybe you can let us know where they might be carrying it and we could just push it out and see if, yeah, I know a whole bunch of people in Tucson, it's, it's been out and out and around. Um, I'm waiting for the list back from the guild on everybody that's committed up in the Phoenix area. So I'll send you guys an email. Yeah. Let us know and we'll, we'll push it out for sure. Pretty good distribution on that beer then. Oh yeah. 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 We brewed a 30 barrel back to that and we only put it in half barrels. So I think we netted like 62 half barrels on that. So, and then we just had like 27 of them go out last week to Tucson. So we got, we got a few left. I like hoppy lagers a lot. It's, it's one of the go-to beers here in Arizona. You all drink it because it's so hot. And I'll drink like, it just to help out. Yeah, Man, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's so, awesome. Tell us about this Amber. This is yeah. freaking good. But Amber is dangerous, man. That's uh, yeah, so that's, that's our, that's what I call our campfire beer. So I mean, I love that beer in like the fall time. That's your perfect campfire. Sit by the fire. You know, mm-hmm. if you like, if you, if you want to eat a nice steak cooked right on an open fire with that, it's money. Or if you're a cigar smoker, that beer with cigars pairs really well. That's sure. right. Um, that's right. Right on your website. It's like, that's what, that's what people talk about is pairing. Yeah. With, pairs yeah. with a cigar. And I like, I get a little bit of like caramely yep. sweetness on the end there. Yeah. So like your old school traditional amber, like they were like back in the early 2000s, late 90s um with those good caramel crystal notes and not overly hopped where you still get that good malt backbone in there yep. and 
you know, that's that's something we really focus on is drinkability at Ranchan. Um, I don't want you to go to the bar and have one or two pints. Um, if you're taking Uber and you have somebody to drive, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I would want you to be able to have four or five and not have a problem or be, you know, wasted by the time you went yeah. home and you enjoyed yourself and um, you're not bloated. You still feel good and yeah. you can go eat a meal or whatever after that. So, yeah, man, my, my limit's four. Okay. I mean, I can't do, I, I'll feel like hungover. I'm, I'm 43 now. I'll be, I'll be a little hungover the next day <laughs> if I go five, right? My limit's four. I think, you know, it's, it's funny. There, the people I meet that drink your like domestic, like American lagers, um, always talk about like how if they drink craft beer, like they can only have one or two cause it's like too heavy or whatever. It's all, I know, I know I can feel your thoughts about it. Um, I, it, it this is the kind of beer that you drink in lieu of that, right? Where you can have four or five of them and it doesn't feel too heavy and the flavors a thousand times better for sure. <laughs> for sure. You know maybe, what I mean? Like yeah. it's when I drink. so much more there. Maybe that's it's a... when I have five, like ten percenters. <laughs> that's that's my problem. <laughs> that's a really good segue into this beer because this is the beer that actually started everything. Okay. At ranch house and ranch. Inn. Which one are you holding up there? So this is our this is our food. Okay. So there's a dog on the front. Tell yeah. Is there? What, uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna get into this. So <laughs> the owner, the owner of the brewery, and. The owner of Robeson Communities, Ed Robeson, is a huge dog lover. And the story I got was Boo Boo was one of his roddies. So when I came out with this first beer, I was all hot to trot, ready to name this beer. And they came back and they said, yeah, we're naming the beer Boo Boo Blonde. And I went, okay, what's Boo Boo Blonde? <laughs> and then they told me, and I said, that's awesome, man. So, and the name's always stuck. And that can, I mean, the women in the grocery stores, like Total Wine or retail, even like if they see a tap handle, they go, oh, the dog. And I'm just like, ding, like cha-ching. <laughs> so, I mean, that was a great, that was a great idea by, you know, the, the ropes and corporate guys at the, at the very beginning. And um like i said that's the beer that started it all that was the very first beer that we put out of ranch house back in the day um traditional blonde i wouldn't say like honey blonde kind of like your 805 but then it would be honey boo boo right nice you know, yeah. right yeah we yeah, might you don't be, want that there might be trademarks yeah right? right yeah we can't be doing that so what did, what did you want to name it um i think Good we question. were gonna do uh it okay. wasn't gonna be breakaway back then i <sighs> It started with a B. That's five years ago, man. Put me on the spot right now. <laughs> well, uh, we asked the tough questions here at, at Phoenix Magazine, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to get back to you on that one. Put me on the spot. That's that's guerrilla journalism, right there. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's it's there's like a hint of citrus in there, right? You guys just put enough a little, where just, you know it's just, in there. Just a little. Just a not. It's not a. It's not a blue moon, right? Where right. it's like in your face. It's just like a little bit. It's super crisp. It's like, it's so good. So we yeah. use a really weird hop combo in this beer. And people are like, what? You, you okay. What? So we use uh, Tower Middle for hops in this, which is a really like spicy, almost like pepper, black peppercorn. Right. Interesting. Hop. Okay. And then we come back over the top with Amarillo, which is where you get that. 
that citrusy note. Yeah. And see, I always thought Amarillo like, gave stuff that black pe- that black pepper. Does does it do that too? Does Amarillo do that, or is that all a, like a citrusy kind of? I mean, all the I mean, all the Amarillo that I have co- like contracted is. I mean, it's pretty piney. It's got some big citrus notes, and it carries a lot of grapefruit with uh, oh, okay. with the Amarillo that I have contracted through Crosby. Um, but I mean, with the middle fret that we have contracted, it's it's a pretty spicy, earthy hop that we use, and and a lot of our beers. I mean, it's it's in that it's in the pills, but you don't get black pepper in that pills because we use it at a different time in the boil. So, so why the combination? What 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 was the reasoning? So that? on the on the on this blonde, I wanted it to be totally different than what a lot of people are doing. So I wanted this blonde to have some earthy undertones that you kind of get right in the beginning, and then as mm-hmm. that beer finishes on the back of your tongue, you you get just that just a touch of citrus that kind of cleans that earthiness up. So it's not like licking a beet, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and it just finishes super clean. And that's, that's why we did that. It, see, this is why I like talking to, to people like you, because when you explain things like that and then you do it while you're explaining it, you, you like it, it all clicks. Yeah. Right. So as you were take, as you were explaining that I took the sip, I kind of let it, roll slowly from the front to the back and a hundred percent earthy on the front. And then it just kind of the citrusy in the back, but it like cleans it all out. It's, I mean, you're right on the nose, man. It's, that's so good. It's so good. So, I mean, I'm that's, go buy, a, buy a case of this. Talking about buying now, you guys, I, I've come across you guys at Total Wine. Uh, the first time I saw you was probably about two months ago, IPA right there on an end cap, like, great presentation there like had and and i i saw this i'm like wait eloy arizona i've never heard of this brewery before how did you guys get such prime position there in a total wine where now i mean maybe you don't go there i mean people go there obviously for beer but um maybe more people go there for wine or bourbon or tequila or whatever um how'd you guys get into total wine and you know as as a fairly new brewery well, I mean, obviously they taste product and they're not going to buy anything that's not quality and they're not going to buy anything that doesn't really have a background to it. That's a well-deserved flex. I, like, I, like I appreciate that you yeah. put it that way because it's like, it's it like 100%. Good. Yeah, yeah, totally. I love I that. I mean, I mean, and then, well, sorry to come off like Eric. <laughs> no, no, no. That that, way, but, no, it's no, deserved should. though. It's yeah. deserved though. Like it, 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 it's true and it's really good beer. Like it's a hundred percent. I didn't mean to. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to know what compliment you paid him. Like I paid Johan the compliment off the top of the show. You know, that was, that was my sales technique there. Nice. You obviously have to have something to sell to them, right? Well, I mean, the good thing is, is, I mean, we have a very strong sales team. With, with Ranch Hand right now. I mean, an extremely strong sales team that's very experienced. That's awesome. And um, I mean, Ryan Sherman, who's one of our, our sales reps, had had a pretty good in with them and was like, listen, like, I can make one phone call if you guys are ready to do this. And with the quality of, of the beer, we could get in pretty easily. So we started the process and it was a lengthy process. And I mean, I thought we were going to maybe get in with like one, maybe two brands. Yeah. So then when we get a response back from their buyer and it was all five brands <laughs> and they wanted it in all 12 of their locations and we were like, well, we still self, like we self distribute. So we were like, mm, Prescott's a little bit far to drive to right now. Yeah. So we'll do everything except 
like Prescott, Prescott Valley, whatever you want to call the area where that photo wine's at. And I mean, they've been killing it. That's amazing. So is it the furthest away from you guys? Is that Prescott location then? Yeah. So we, like I said, we don't distribute to that one yet. Um, the furthest location we have from us right now is probably the Arrowhead location. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's pretty far north. I don't like going there, and I live here in the valley, so. <laughs> I mean, a it's, big valley. it's yeah. a haul, but those those <laughs> yeah. guys do really, I mean, they all do pretty much equally well for us. I mean, obviously, there's stores that do better than others, um, but Arrowhead does really well. Uh, Queen Creek does really well. Tempe, I mean, they all do really well. Yeah, Scott awesome. does good, so. Good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. So, I, uh, for the people watching on YouTube, you're wearing the Crosby Hops hat. You get... How much, I mean, is that like your go-to source there? And are you guys coming out with a fresh hop IPA? So I was talking to, I was talking to Brad over at Crosby about doing that this year. And um, I wanted to do a fresh hop West Coast and a fresh hop hazy. And we were going to, we were going to do like a West Coast, like OG style pale, pale ale, fresh hop, and then just get wild on the hazy. But with us trying to like trying to keep up with production right now with these five brands, I couldn't squeeze it. Yeah. So um, my goal is next year we'll come out with a fresh hop because I'm just gonna let it out right now. We're in talks with uh, with Finley and Crescent Crown up here in Phoenix, just because we basically can't keep up with distribution ourselves anymore. Right, right. So once we take that burden off of the brewery, and we can really start focusing more on brewing the beer instead of figuring out how we're going to get the beer out. Mm-hmm. Then I can start doing rad stuff like that start playing around. But like right now it's like, okay, brew this. It's got to go here, brew this. It's got to go here, brew this. It's got to go here. And like, yeah. as soon as it's, as soon as it's out of the tank, it's gone. So there you go, Johan, we need to come up with a breaking news sounder. We're, we're breaking know. news here on the Arizona craft beer awards <laughs> review video and podcast channel. Um, that's exciting. I mean, I I always love a fresh hop IPA. Yeah. I'm glad you guys have that same kind of uh, passion for it because, for one, like it's a great beer. It's like literally the freshest hop you can get. Right? They ship it to you. And you're within 24 hours of being picked off the off the vine, yep. and you're involved in picking that hop. Right? Like you fly up there to Oregon and you go there and you you know, squeeze it between your hands and you do all the stuff that brewers like to do. And, you know, they crush up the hop and you smell it and everything. And then uh, they ship it to you. Right. And then you just throw it in the, in the barrel that day and you start brewing it. Yeah. I mean, when you, when you get the hops at that point and they still stick to your fingers, right? like that's when you know it's, it's good stuff. And I, like I said, I really wanted to pull it off this year and with our growth rate right now, we couldn't, we couldn't squeeze it, but I promise you guys next year when hop season rolls around, it's game time. And this so, is the hop season, uh, right? Like right August now. to September. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, right now. Okay. So, so we got to talk. So speaking of hops, yes, we got to, we haven't hit the hoppy ones yet. Hazy IPA so and, this and is, the IPA that you brought. This is, this is our number one seller. Um, so this is uh, this is our microburst. Microburst, yeah. I knew there was a weather theme to it. See, I I'm excited about it because I like hazies. I should have angled that a little bit. Let me, but. Let me finish my amber here, and I'll yeah, take a pour of that. Through. Yeah, Johan's a big fan of uh, hazies. He hates IPAs, by the way. So don't pour them. I I don't hate IPAs. It's so <laughs> dramatic. So I'm, we get that. We get that a lot, and then like we might have to get like his facial expression when he tries this beer for the first time. 
Oh, he'll because... zoom in. Don't worry. <laughs> he'll <laughs> he'll put it on stories. Yeah, or he'll something. be a, he'll be an Instagram reel here pretty I, soon, right? Because yeah. this one this one changes a lot of people's mind on on hazy. Is we don't, you know, I'm not I'm not doing anything real crazy on our our dry hop on pound wise. I mean, it's not like milkshake hazy. Right. So, I mean, it's just enough where you know it's there and it doesn't blow your mouth out and you can still have another beer after this and actually taste what you're drinking. Right, which is, right. So which is the goal. You you don't use lactose in this. Mm-mm. So, it's funny because I kind of almost smell like a creaminess to it. There's yep. like a creamy aroma to it. There's, so, tell me so where, much, where did that so come much from? Aroma. <laughs> there's so much aroma to this. So it smells like, like a milkshake IPA. So, our uh, that's all that's all from our dry hop. Yeah. And when we dry hop. So we, when we literally get to a very specific, you know, point in our gravity during fermentation, we throw hops in it and then biotransformation happens. And that's where the haze from the beer comes from. And that's where those aromas come yeah. from. So this beer really starts off on the nose, like kind of really melony and berry. And then you kind of get a little bit of citrus, like right on the front of your tongue. And then as that beer finishes, it finishes with like finishes with a bunch of berry and almost like a pineapple. If you can really refine your palate mm, on sure, that, sure, sure. So it's really but, good. It's really good. I like I said, I, I like hazies a lot. Um, it's the West Coast IPAs that I typically when it's like more heavier on the pine and less on like the sweeter fruit, like fruitier kind of notes that the hazies typically bring on. Um, that's where I, I have a harder time with it. Uh, now, five, four years ago, I drank zero IPAs. Um, and then and now, like, you know, Tower Station's one of my favorites, favorite beers, period. Yeah. Uh, Belching Beaver's Phantom Bride is one of my favorite. And those are both, they're, they're not technically hazy IPAs, right? They're not New England style IPAs, but... They kind of have that. They have they're a more kind of in between. They're, they're balanced, yeah. and I think that's what I always look for. This this is delightful, man. This is so good. See, you this is be, one of your top sellers. That yeah. is our top seller. So yeah. like that real silky mouthfeel and just easy uh, to drink. Mm-hmm. I mean, that beer is six point four percent, but it drinks like it's a five percenter, which is dangerous, yeah. especially if you get out by a pool. Is it bad that I like for me if a beer is anywhere between like four and a half and like seven? It's all just kind of the same percentage. <laughs> yeah, it's a, I mean, like, ah, that's that's a pretty big that's a pretty big <laughs> yeah. spectrum there bud like four and a half i'm like that, that's, yeah. a, that's a good maybe like like a lighter goza or pilsner uh a lager yeah, but like six and a half that's fine I yeah, you get up to six those. and a half and you know you're in the ipa range and that's where you get to where four of those or five of those are gonna you know make you wish you didn't drink the night before type thing so um I like that. I I love a good aroma on a beer, and this one delivers on that. Um, really, really fun. It's fun to drink. Yeah, it's awesome. Like when, uh, when like, so my assistant brewer Connor Krebs, I could be on the brew deck brewing the same beer. I could be on the brew deck brewing our West Coast IPA or any beer that we make, and I could literally have my nose over the boil kettle, and if he is transferring that beer into the bright tank, I can smell it. Every single time. And that bright <laughs> sure. tank from the brew deck is about 70 feet away. Wow. And I can smell it every time. And I love it every single time. That's and that's amazing. just, I mean, that's something you get as a brewer. And it just like, you just turn around and you're like, just like, yeah, that's, that's, that's why I do this. <laughs> I love it. I lo- okay. Here's a question for you. Um, if, if, 
is there a beer that you haven't brewed that you have like a re- like a and you don't have to tell us the recipe obviously but like is there a beer that you have in your head that you have yet to brew that you'd love to do oof so I've been and why is it a cold IPA it's Stop it. <laughs> I can answer that. So that's, like that's my, that's my favorite new style, by the way. Um so I mean I've I've really transitioned to being like a big lager guy. Yeah. And and you know what? Like Weedy down at Tombstone, he kills it. Weedy crushes. And so does Ryan Sandlin up at up at Dark Sky. Just crushes it. Mm-hmm. So um I would love to have like the cleanest, like Hellas, yeah, that you could get, and you just like I want one of those beers where you just can't stop drinking it. Yeah, it's one of those, and it just be you like and literally be able to carb it up to where it needs to be, and be yeah. able to get it into a can at that point because yeah. it's actually carbed where it needs to be. And that because that takes a lot of time, right? How long? Yeah, is, is it like well, a, I mean, like like that, like our Pilsner that you had, the first beer that you had. Um, that beer is a hundred percent naturally carbonated. Wow. So we use a, we use a spunning valve on that. And that beer is the only CO2 that's introduced. And that beer's life is when that beer is being filtered and pushed into a bright tank. Yeah. It doesn't even get like, okay, we got to touch that up a little bit because it lost a little carb during filtration. Like it's done and it's money at that's that awesome. point. So like we would want to do the same. Like I want to do the same thing with the Hellas at that point. And just brew something absolutely crushable that you can't stop drinking is yeah. like what I would say. And and I love that because Hellas lagers are one of my favorite styles um, because of their crushability. But also I just, it's like a distinctive like liquid toast. It's like you're, you know, just like it's a really good piece of toast in liquid form. It's just really tasty. And uh, you're right. Uh, Dark Skies Hellas is terrific. And tombstones is too like two of my favorite of that style, and so I am looking forward to it. And when you do it, you'll have to come back, oh, and uh, we'll do this again with with that because that that is literally probably my favorite style of beer. And I, I like I even want to kind of get it, like just a little bit weird on it because they do have that like toast note to them. Yeah, but like I kind of want to give it like that cinnamon toast crunch okay like, feel to it so i like, am I here for I that do on that we're gonna probably do a pilot batch of that before next summer but like i'm more of a traditional brewer and like as you can probably tell by the styles you're having really? there's nothing like we don't do anything like real crazy right now i can and i have done it but like those cards are still in the back pocket because yeah. it's still early so there's there's a lot of breweries that do you know, a Pilsner, an Amber, Hazy. They don't necessarily do them really well, right? Like that's, those are the traditional beer styles. I think that a lot of craft, a lot of breweries do, but you know, how how many breweries have you been to where you try their Hazy and you're like, yeah, that's a, that's a Hazy. Or you try their Pilsner and you're like, that's a Pilsner. And you're not like excited about it. These are traditional. They're, classic styles but they're really well done like they're really good so if you can i think if you can make really good sort of like those standard styles and you can make them really really well 
and you build a brand off of that and people see you as like, oh my gosh, their Pilsner's really good. Their Hazy's really good. Their Amber's really good. And it's not, it's not weird and experimental and it's just a good classic beer. Then you start introducing some like fun, like fun twists into them and people I think will pay more attention because you've already established established yourself as like, I could do these spears that a lot of people do, but I can do them better. So I think you're doing it right, man. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. So we've got like, like I didn't bring it cause we don't, we don't have any in cans right now cause they're all out on sample and we got a bunch of kegs that are getting ready to go out. But, uh, we do a wild strawberry rhubarb Berliner Weiss. Okay. That, uh, I like that. That was actually, I think it was mentioned, what was that, three years ago before GABF got really like pounded by COVID? Yeah. So I think backporchdrinking.com was the one that was like best beers from like top five beers from day one. I mean, we were a nobody three and a half barrel brew house out in the middle of nowhere in Oracle. And we made top five best beers on day one at GABF with that beer. Like yeah. that was that was pretty cool. Yeah. So that's, and that's I didn't brew it. So cool. I didn't brew it. I haven't brewed no? it since. And then we literally had accounts going, hey, remember that like that strawberry sour kind of like rhubarb thing you did like three or four years ago <laughs> think you could do that again and i'm like nah maybe and then like 10 or 15 more accounts asked for it and i'm like okay yeah i can do that like <laughs> give I love the people that. what they want you know? yeah i love that that's awesome man well if you come out with a cinnamon toast hellas that's a plan sign me up for that yeah so you know i, uh, I want to be there the day you crack that yeah. one Hus does that one that cinnamon toast uh Cinnamon Kolsch Crunch with uh, King's Beer. Have you heard of that one? No. It comes out during Beer Week. Yeah. Uh, they do what? a collab with it's King's good. Beer and Wine. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Hus that brews it. And it's, uh, it's a Kolsch that tastes like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Oh, Dude, when I was a teenager, and a box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch was my breakfast. I'm telling a you, a whole box. You can man. go to King's. <laughs> I think it's only available at King's. They don't like can it or anything. Okay. And they, uh, it's gone like in day one, you know, whenever yeah. they do it. Um, You've had it, right, Josh? Oh, yeah. That beer is fantastic. Isn't it awesome? <laughs> yeah. I, I want to pour it over cereal. It's that good. Right. It is. It is. So it's a, it's a good combination. Is that, do you look for stuff like that to, um, you know, obviously, you know, podcasting is the same as probably brewing. You probably look to others as inspiration or maybe to steal ideas or copy ideas. I mean, you look, you look for stuff like that. I mean, if you want to talk about a segue into about where, what we're getting ready to do right here, that would be the best one. Right. I could so ever this is the, the ranch. Apparently, Match planned all this. Yeah. he's just this, killing the segue. Is this scripted? I was. <laughs> I look right into his eyes. Yeah. I read his mind. Yeah. Talk so about my IPA. This, uh, I'm 31, and I've okay. been brewing this beer. What's seven, 16 or 17 when I made that deal with my dad and uh started brewing not this exact beer because it did obviously it probably would not have tasted like this back then um this is our ranch and ipa so this beer has a ton of sierra nevada influence in it like that's when yeah so when i started tell brewing this, from the color the yeah, ogs man. like og west coast ipa yeah and uh so where they still had that good malt backbone to them yeah. that held up that you know good hop aroma and bitterness before yeah before it got to that okay we're gonna start doing 90 ibu beers oh we're gonna start doing 100 ibu Ugh. beers and what was that like the thousand ibu what was that? i don't know they had some crazy beers like a thousand ibus i've been to a bunch of breweries yeah. that just put like 
too many. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we don't even, it's too much. You know, like I think Fate has their uh, Fatality IPA that literally yep. on the menu it says like too many IBUs. Yep. They don't even tell you how many it is. Because uh, for a while there, it was, it was like a competition of who can do the right. Right. highest IBU beer. And but then your mouth for like two days, you're just like, <laughs> I mean, it's just like puckered because yeah. it doesn't even know what to do with itself at that point. <laughs> so, I mean, like this beer, you still get the, those sweet caramel notes. And then like right on the back end, it's like, oh, hello, there's some Amarillo and some Citra. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, this is, people are like, well, what's your favorite beer? Well, my favorite beer to brew is this one because this is what kind of got me into brewing. And this beer literally oh, started sure. in a garage yeah. a long time ago. So, I love that. Um, very first, very first batch of this. I hope my mom's going to watch this because I'm going to get a kick out of this. Very first batch of this beer I ever brewed. It was in glass carboys. How old and, are you? Uh, like 17, 18. So, and so you're brewing it, but you weren't drinking it. You're not allowed to. Do yeah. It. <laughs> so, um, you tell the retirement community, what do you think of this beer? I'm <laughs> so anyway, so I brew it and I'm like, uh, where am I going to put this? Where it's like 68-ish degrees. So like the coldest spot in the house was my parents' bathroom and they had a huge like jacuzzi tub. And I was like, hey mom, I'm gonna throw these two five gallon carboys or six and a half gallon carboys in your bathtub with no water in it for like the next two weeks. So you're gonna have to take a shower for the next two weeks. Yeah. So like for those of you who don't know, carboy is like a big glass jar essentially, right? right? Yeah. So I'm pumped because like everything went perfect on brew day. Like I hit like pH was money on the mash. Everything was, everything was perfect on numbers. And I remember coming home from school the next day to go check on it because they're glass and you can see everything. And it's just like, oh, that's cool. You can see what's going on. And she's got the blinds open. So now the beer oh. is light struck and it oh, smells no. like a skunk. And I just remember screaming. Like I thought my like <laughs> my mom's like, what? I didn't know. Like it was really dark in the bathroom. Like I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, you just ruined the best batch of beer I've ever brewed in my life. Like, and like we still talk about it. And I'm like, yeah. That's so what like comes up and I'm like, yeah, my mom. She uh she ruined the very first batch of that that I that's ever so made funny. in the garage. Okay, so, so I gotta ask. Because when I was 17, 18, I had no interest in beer. I had tried it uh, and did not like it. I don't know if I've ever met anybody that at 16, at 17, 18 was like interested in brewing craft beer. Like, tell us. I did that for a capstone project for my chemistry class. Wow. Yeah, the beer that's, always, that's always my theory is that brewers were really, really good in chemistry and wanted to yeah. make that continue that that was the only class that they ever wanted to go to like and then you know pe got in the way or math <laughs> Wait, got in the way it's like so no, i just want to do chemistry stuff this is cool so you brew beer for a chemistry project yeah how 
And I got an A on the capstone project. Be- yeah. did, well, I, couldn't so the, ta- I couldn't. Okay, that's what I was gonna ask. Right? How did that go? Like, did the teacher try it at school? Like, did you well, bring it to school? Like, I mean, we're like on a podcast, and I can't <laughs> legally say any of those things. But like, I got okay, an, well, you have to tell a, me. I got afterwards. an A on the project. I love that. that. So it went pretty well. Okay. And <laughs> did you grow up in Tucson? Is this? This yeah, is I was Tucson? Born, born and raised, and I was like, so like, I went to a high school that was out in the sticks, and like, if you ask my parents, like, I had a choice. I could have went to like two or three different high schools, and um, I won't say the high school after I say this comment, but like, <laughs> back in those days, like, I wanted to go to like the sports school. Well, I ended up going to like the ag school that the sports were not so good at, so we always called it Hick High but i mean it worked out great for that project because if i probably would have tried to pull that off at another high school it probably wouldn't have gone so well yeah i also went to a hick high too there's a lot of rodeo going on in high school yeah i went to a bougie high school (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh that's good Uh, stuff in scottsdale so what you're saying now is teachers no longer want the apple left on the desk, but rather <laughs> the uh, pint. A pint. The pint. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I like that. I dude, that's such a cool story, man. And then you uh, you made it your job. Well, yeah. I mean, I did go to. I went. I did a little bit of schooling for chemical engineering, and uh, decided I want to make beer, and this is what I'm going to do with it. Like that's so. Cool. I don't need to go refine oil. Yeah, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. I want to go make beer, and that's that's what I ended up doing. And to go with that refining oil part of it, now you guys are working on making your beer sustainable in some way, and that right. you have your spent grain is being used by cattle farmers in Eloy. Yep, and then you're working on getting the water reused into agriculture is that right yeah so we have uh we have a very small municipal wastewater treatment plant that i'd say is about a half mile away okay and they they didn't have the ability to treat our water so in brewing water you have a very high concentration of biological oxygen demand and chemical oxygen demand so what happens is those microorganisms, sorry if we're like nerding out a little bit. I love here, it. But like those microorganisms in those plants need to be able to feed on those food structures on the wastewater that's coming in. Well, when that wastewater requires a ton more oxygen than anything else in there, those bugs literally get suffocated and they die. Got it. So that treatment plant was not big enough to be able to sustain that. So, mind you, we had already ordered equipment. We're pouring concrete, and now we have no way, no, nowhere for a wastewater to go. So we're like bottom of the ninth, trying to figure it out. And um, again, our I'm scrambling. I'm looking. I'm ta- I mean, I'm looking at stuff that's like, I'm like, this is crazy. This can be stupid expensive to do this. And then the VP of food and beverage, my boss, George Atwell, finds this company out of Australia called Biogill. So we get these guys involved and we're like, okay, we might be able to pull this off for like a quarter of the price. And these guys have been doing this on islands around the world for resorts that have nowhere for their water to go because they're on an island in the middle of nowhere and they're treating it all the way to like A plus affluent. So like I'm a chemistry guy. 
I don't know anything about wastewater at this point. So, like, God bless my wife, because, like, I was up until, like, <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what time of the day. And same thing with, like, George trying to figure out what we were going to do and how to design this thing, get it figured out, and what we needed to get ordered and do this to get everything done. So we had it, I mean, we had it pretty close. And then we reached out to another company out in Vermont called Champlin and Associates. And um, Dave Crawford is the owner out there, and he helped us get this thing fully designed inspect to what our wastewater was going to be coming out of the brewery. So our goal right now is the effluent that we have right now gets pre-treated. It's pre-treated and any tr treatment plant can take it very easily. That gets hauled up to a Robeson treatment plant up here in Phoenix. But uh, ultimate goal is to get our aquifer protection permit, do final treatment, and then discharge that into the irrig like irrigation canal that's about, I don't know, 100 yards away from the brewery. No kidding. And then that'll feed all the farm fields all around the brewery. So that's the goal. So that. breweries use a bunch of water. Um, we've cut our we've we've cut our affluent probably more than half of what 90% of the breweries around the nation do for cleaning and what their wastewater discharge actually is. So we're trying to be as, you know, mindful as we can, especially with Arizona getting cut way back on the CAP project. I mean, we see what Lake Mead's doing. We see what Lake Powell's doing. Um, so we're just, we're trying to be mindful of the environment and the more we can give back, the better. I love that. I love that. And I love that that's such a, that's such a, I mean, not everybody is going through those lengths, but I feel like it's a theme in the craft brewing community of like, how can we be as environmentally conscious as possible? And I love that you guys are, I mean, you're in Eloy, which is a farm town yep. and you know, you're, you're using your spent grain for those, you know, for the cattle and everything out there. And now you're going to get your water involved as well. I think that's, that's so cool so cool yeah put it back to where it came from is what, yeah. i mean that's that's what we've been kind of kind of preaching so love it hopefully we can get all the way to that point it's going to take some work i mean it's you would think the state would make it a little bit easier sure but i mean it is what it is but yeah. we'll get through it well man i don't do we have any more beers to go through because i feel like i know you, i have loved all of them people keep walking by our door behind us here and they're like we've got like 20 beers on yeah, the table. They think we're all drunk, but <laughs> what's going on in there? Um, Josh, been awesome getting to know you, get to chat with you. Uh, we appreciate you coming up all the way from Eloy or Tucson, I guess. Um, yeah. and uh, bringing us these. Get, I mean, that IPA, hey, you got another A right there. Oh, yeah, that you're, IPA you're, is. You're I'm not on... usually a West Coast IPA guy. That would, when you said the Sierra Nevada thing, like that. It clicked. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah, that's very much their style. Like, it's it's got that maltier backbone. It's balanced. I think that's what I always look for in an IPA is, like, the balance between the hops and the and the, yep. and the malts, where I think a lot of, you know, like you were saying, a lot of people for a long time were just trying to make the maltiest or the hoppiest, just puckeriest thing. And that's where I kind of decided I didn't like IPAs. And yeah. then, uh, so this this is very much what I look for in an IPA. I, so I love that too, and it, it probably does it really well because he just brewed these like the day before. Oh, day, yeah. He canned them the day before, um, so they're super fresh, super good. Um, look for a ranch hand beers at Total Wine. Where else can people find your beers, Josh? 
So like Tucson's our, our main market right now. Sure. Uh, Jake Olson just started up here in Phoenix about two weeks ago. So I know Sugar Bar's got beer on right now. Yeah, uh, Chandler, pint. yeah. Yeah, okay. and then um, Casual Pint's got, they're on it, the one, what do you want to call it, downtown? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, kind of like Camelback yeah, and yeah. 16th Street and area. Other, so the beer's doing really well there, so now their other location wants it. Yacatillo, yeah. Yep, and then um, uh, Get and Run, which is, I think it's like a, I think that's like a gas station right kind yeah. of place they're doing really well there where's that at you know that's in like the so we kind of have him in like the chandler gilbert awatuki queen creek area right now yeah the get and run i think is in that gilbert area is it's, that the uh, one on cooper and i think Warner? It yeah it's one of those really or, popular uh, ones gilbert that, and Warner that carries a lot of craft beer so if you get in there that's I my mean, favorite you're doing store. well there so yeah <laughs> I love that place. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but I mean, we're growing, we're growing pretty good in Phoenix right now. So, yeah, man. Um, but we will not overpromise accounts and underdeliver. Yeah. So I know there's a a few accounts in the valley that have reached out, and we've literally had to tell them no. When we get to the point where we can distribute to that area, you can absolutely have it. But I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to get you beer, and then call you the day before the day of and go. Sorry, man. Like, not going to be able to make it. I'm not going to do that. Just like I'm not going to put out an inferior product. Sure. So, um, like I said, right now, we're kind of just focused in that, like, southeast Phoenix market. And then the plan is to kind of just go straight north with it and then start moving west. That's nice for us because we, I live in Gilbert and he lives in Mesa. Yeah. And so, I'm, I'm psyched. Yeah, I can <laughs> your beer is so I'll accessible to me. Uh, the Total Wine yeah. and Tempe Marketplace all the time, and uh, you know, go up to Bourbon Isle, and there's nothing there that excites me. And then um, go down the beer aisle, and like, bam, there's there's more and more ranching. I think when you first came out, it was the IPA, maybe another one, but um, it was mostly the IPA. And then last time I went there, it was boom, all the all the different styles well we've had here's the thing though is like all five brands have always been in total wine from day one but they move and it's not it's not just like okay Okay. one or two brands are moving like depending on the demographic of where that total wine's at is dependent on what beers are moving Mm -hmm. in that area and it's it's crazy to see it on a map because you're like why is why are these three moving like crazy here and then like these two or three are moving crazy over here. You know, like hazy is the one that moves everywhere, obviously. But like <laughs> the other four brands, it's like, okay, like Blonde and Pilsner do really good over here. Amber and West Coast do really good over here. I wonder it's, if it has to do with the other craft breweries that are available in those areas and oh, what they typically specialize in. Yeah, and then the point. people, you know, like... Gilbert's got a pretty good spread. You know, we have Oso, we have, you know, Oso does all kinds of stuff, especially in the barrel-aged, like, heavier stouts and barley wines and things. But then we also have, like, 12 West, which is very much into the hazies and and, yep. and the IPAs. And then you got, like, Desert Monks, which is doing a lot of, like, you know, their Martsons and their, like, kind of maltier beers, right? And so, so maybe depending on in each region what the craft breweries that are there make it kind of affects the flavor preferences of the people in that area. And so then that's what, when they go to a place like Total Wine, that's what they look for. I mean, that's that's a really good point. And I think, you know, like we've actually talked about this in the brewery and it's like, okay, maybe it's like an age demographic. 
because like at Saddlebrook Ranch, we have that age demographic and like your lighter maltier beers do really well there. Right. But like when we were distributing in the town, like those hoppier and sour and yeah. I mean, every other style that wasn't doing good there did really well there. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it just depends on what the demographic is on what part of town For the sure. beer is in. But um, I know my father-in-law, um, my wife and her family are from uh, the St. Louis area. Budweiser is the king, right? Yeah. Uh, so my father-in-law is very much into those lighter, and so is my mother-in-law, much you know lighter beers. Uh, whereas the younger generation, I'm going to include you in this because I, I appreciate you're that. part yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, you're welcome. Young at um, heart. Young at heart. It, you know we're we're more adventurous. Uh, we certainly like more you know hoppier uh, beers. I I had my. Uh, I had my mother-in-law try a uh, hazy the other day, and she just she looked like she looked like just she was in pain. Pucker up, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "This is so good." So yeah, it's 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 got to be a combination of things. But I would imagine that whatever breweries are available locally have some effect on the general palate of the people that live in that area because that's what they're drinking. At least more readily than maybe, you know. That's why when you go to like Ballast Point in San Diego, it's there's like twelve different West Coast IPAs on yeah. tap. So, <laughs> yeah. like, what's the yeah. difference between the? Oh, this one tastes a little bit more like pineapple here. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Speak. Um, speaking of adventurous, I I had the uh, from Aslan beer. Where are they out of? Like DC or Delaware or whatever? A beer called Johan buys a broat. And it was it it had your name on what it. it was one of the best beer it was like this milkshakey uh very orangey beer that like pine like pineapple oh my god you know what i love so good so everywhere i go but where it, there's it, it like it's called johan i know i uh, love that you need to get it everywhere i go that has like souvenir stuff you know there's with names there's never a johan no <laughs> really the fact that there's a beer with my name on it. And you apparently buy a broat, which I, I did. Urban Dictionary defines it as a boat, a bunch of bros on a boat. <laughs> so you you apparently bought one of those. I don't know how to, I don't know how to feel about that, but the, the I idea, mean, I do like a good boat day. Yeah, but the idea know. is a little <laughs> sus, but the beer is really, really good. So um, and that's a that's a very uh, popular like seasonal one. So you may not be able to find it anymore, but I had it. It was good. Um, right on. And obviously we had a ton of ranch hand. We're going to have more ranch hand at the Arizona Craft Beer Awards Festival coming up in October. Yes, right? I'm. Yes, definitely. So for everyone watching, if you don't know, uh, which if you're watching this, you probably already do, but we are putting on the Arizona Craft Beer Awards and Festival. Um, the festival itself is October 22nd uh, at Heritage at Sportsman's Park, which is out at the uh, Cardinal Stadium. Um, really, really cool uh, venue. Very excited to be there. Uh, and then we are working with the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild to put on the inaugural Arizona Craft Brew uh, Beer Awards, which is a... Uh, AGBF style uh, awards uh, focusing on Arizona beers. Um, we have over 120 submissions into that. Uh, we're judging next week. 
Uh, so we're very excited about that. Um, and we're going to have the a party to celebrate that on the 22nd. And uh, Ranch Hand will be there. So we're very excited about that. Yeah, we'll be there. And then uh, if we've got any Arizona residents that decided they wanted to buy tickets for Great American Beer Fest, we also have a booth at Great American Beer Fest this year. Oh, wow. From wow. Uh, so six, yeah, six through the eighth. So if you're from Arizona, come and see me. I'll be at the booth. I'd love to talk to you. I don't know, Matt. We might have to make this a business mm. expense, a uh, trip, business trip to go up to AGBF a- 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 just because. It's probably in the budget. GABF. I, yeah, I could I could talk GABF. Uh, I could talk to the uh, to our VP about it. Um, she might be able to find some pennies in, in the budget for us. So we need you need ideas for the yeah the AZ GABF. Yeah, we do. We the do ACBA. I've heard I've heard good stories about about the the events that go around GABF. You know, like Avery has good events all those breweries up there in, in the colorado area um host these really really yeah, extravagant and wild it's like a arizona beer things. week yeah. but like for sure with it's a, it's the super bowl of yeah. beer yeah. Yeah. it's but like yeah. why can't we do that in arizona we will it's, let's do it's, it's that, coming, that's man. our that's our goal with the arizona craft beer awards and festival and we're really really excited that ranch hand is a part of it yeah um we should mention too that our latest issue of phoenix magazine is on the shelves uh on the stands um all centered around beer and uh so it's a beautiful issue it's really well written it's really really cool um basically divides the state into different regions and gives a suggested beer brewery crawl for each region. So highly recommended to go check it out. Um, It's a beautiful issue. So it's a good issue. had a lot of fun doing. I I covered the Mesa uh, section, East Valley. Um, I wrote about Mesa because downtown Mesa is my favorite crawl there. Um, And there's so many great craft beer destinations in arizona yeah ranch hand obviously adds to that um we didn't cover everybody because there's so many but uh you know hopefully we'll do this more often Doing your thing down in eloy and you're kind of one of a kind now down in eloy so hopefully crushing um, it man you guys you guys keep crushing it and we're gonna see you at the craft beer festival on october 22nd out in glendale make sure to get tickets at azcraftbeer.com and we will see you there